The text for Pentecost Sunday is found in the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. We're in the midst of that season where many people are graduating from high school and from college. So I want to take just a few moments and speak to the graduates. This is a very significant period in your lives, a very important period in your lives. I think about my graduations and how significant they were to me. By the time I graduated from high school, I knew that I wanted to go to Belmont Abbey College and major in history, and I did that, and it was extremely transformative in my life. And then by the time I graduated from Belmont Abbey College, I knew that I was being called into the Christian ministry, and I went to Duke Divinity School to learn. And then by the time I graduated from Duke Divinity School, I knew that I was called to spend my life in ministry in local churches, in local United Methodist churches. And even though there have been times where I've sought other academic degrees, I knew by the time I graduated from Duke Divinity School that my calling was to the local church. So periods of graduation are very significant for us. Today, in the Christian community around the world, we're celebrating Pentecost. The most important advice that I can give to graduates and to anyone else who wants to live a full, successful, in the best sense of that word, life, is this. Let Pentecost happen in your life. Our experience of Jesus Christ comes to us as a package deal 
the passion of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, which we celebrated last Sunday, and then Pentecost, when Jesus sent his spirit back to dwell in and in the midst of his people on this earth. It happened like this. Jews were gathered from all around the world there in the holy city of Jerusalem about 2,000 years ago today. They were celebrating the Jewish festival of Shavuot. That's the festival of weeks. That's the harvest festival that celebrated the first fruits of the harvest. It also was a festival in Judaism where they celebrated the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. It was a time of covenant renewal for the Jewish people. So Jews from all around the world, you heard the list a few moments ago, were there in Jerusalem celebrating the Jewish festival of Shavuot. And 120 of those Jews had already become Christ followers. They were there together celebrating Shavuot. They had been with Jesus. They had experienced the passion of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, and they had come back into Jerusalem in obedience to Jesus Christ to wait for the promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit that would empower them to go to the world as witnesses. They were there in Jerusalem celebrating Shavuot, which in Greek is Pentecost, And then it happened. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The fire of the Holy Spirit fell. The spirit of the living Christ returned to empower the church. The spirit fell to cleanse the people, to equip the people, to empower the people, to go forth into the world as a people of worship and witness, to go forth into the world and live boldly. My friends, today, I wish for all of you to be people of great passion, to be people of enthusiasm. Great passion and enthusiasm about the right things in life. Are you more concerned about your happiness or about your holiness? God's more concerned about our holiness, and we know from Scripture and 2,000 years of tradition now that the best path to happiness is by way of holiness, living set apart for Jesus Christ. So I hope that you are people of passion, a people of enthusiasm, In the literal sense of the word enthusiasm, the word enthusiasm comes from the Greek in theos, in God. 
And literally to be enthusiastic means to be filled with God. I hope that you are a person that is filled with God. And I hope that you do what is necessary throughout your lives to keep that fire alive, to maintain that enthusiasm. I know for me it requires a constant returning to prayer, a constant returning to the scriptures, a constant returning to worship, a constant returning to Christian fellowship. Also for me, it means that I must surround myself with strong Christian role models. All of us need role models in lives. We need to choose our role models very carefully. All of us have role models. We need to make sure that they help us live the life that God in Christ is calling us to live. I have a lot of Christian role models from Christian tradition. One of those role models is A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer died in 1963, so he's been gone now for uh, well over 50 years. His ministry here in the United States was termed the ministry of a prophet to the church. He spoke God's truth to the church throughout his ministry. He is referred to by historians as an evangelical mystic, and I'm very appreciative of that combination. A.W. Tozer spoke so much truth to the Christian church in his day, and he continues to speak through his writings today. In one anthology of his writings entitled The Price of Neglect, A.W. Tozer talks about how unenthusiastic American Christians are about their faith. And this is what he wrote. What makes this condition, this lack of enthusiasm, especially significant is that Americans are not naturally an unenthusiastic people. Indeed, they have a worldwide reputation for being just the opposite. Visitors to our shores from other countries never cease to marvel at the vigor and the energy with which we attack our problems. We live at a fever pitch, and whether we are erecting buildings, laying highways, promoting athletic events, celebrating special days, or welcoming returning heroes, we always do it with exaggerated flourish. Our buildings will be taller, our highways broader, our athletic contests more colorful, our celebrations more elaborate and more expensive than would be true anywhere in the world. We walk faster, drive faster, earn more, spend more, and run a higher blood pressure than almost any other people in the world. In only one field, A.W. Tozer wrote, in only one field of human interest are we slow and apathetic. That is the field of personal religion. It is when we enter the sacred precincts of the heart's personal religion that we suddenly lose our enthusiasm. God is in a state of constant enthusiasm. 
That's why when God came among them on that first day of Pentecost, he came among them like the rush of a violent wind. And he came among them like the sound of the rush of a violent wind. God is in a state of continual enthusiasm, and God wants his people to be in a state of continual enthusiasm in theos filled with God. I wish for you the energy of God, the fire of the Holy Spirit to fill your life. If you are a Christian, if you've come to Christ and you've offered Christ your life, you've offered Christ your sins, you have the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that drew you to Christ. It was the Holy Spirit that grafted you into the body of Christ, the people of Christ in the world. So if you are a Christian today, you have the Holy Spirit. But my question to you today is this. Does the Holy Spirit have you? This is what we referred to in the Christian community as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the immersion in the Holy Spirit. After we enter our life with Christ through faith, the Holy Spirit then is there available to us to live as the people of Jesus Christ in the world, to equip us, to empower us to live lives of worship and witness. So once we come to Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. But then the question becomes, does the Holy Spirit have us? I promise you, friends, that God has more for you than you realize. God desires more for you than you have thus far appropriated I hope that you want that more I hope that you desire it I hope that you desire him this day I hope that you have given your life to Jesus Christ you've invited him to rule and reign in your life and that you have invited his spirit to overwhelm you immerse you fill you and empower you for worship and for witness. I promise you today, whether you're a graduate or whether you just want to live life more fully, that God has more for you. And the most successful life that we can live, in the best sense that word success, the most excellent life we can live in the best sense of that word excellent, the way God would define success and excellent is that we live lives abandoned to the spirit of Jesus Christ. Do you desire it? Do you desire him? My prayer for all of us, my prayer for you, is that Pentecost will happen again to us today. Pentecost 
is an event in Christian history. It's the event that empowered the church to go out into the world. It's the event that birthed the church for the world. But it is a repeatable event. And I hope that for each one of us, we will allow Pentecost to be repeated in our lives today. I hope that you have a relationship to the church of Jesus Christ, to the people of Jesus, the body of Christ. But more importantly, I hope that you have a relationship to Jesus Christ. And I hope that you have a relationship to the Holy Spirit of the living Christ. He woos us into that relationship. He wants to fill us and empower us with his presence. So I hope that you will seek that baptism today. I hope that you will seek to surrender more of your life to the Spirit of Christ than you've ever surrendered to Christ. I hope that you will decide today that there's not any area of your life that is off limits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When we invite the Spirit into our lives to rule and to reign, when we place our lives on the altar, the fire of the Holy Spirit will consecrate our sacrifice. And the fire of the Holy Spirit will fill us and then we will be able to live as the people of Jesus Christ in the world. I want you, I hope that you will live as a people of passion, a people of enthusiasm, a people filled with God. I pray that Pentecost will happen to each one of us again today. May I pray with you? God, we thank you for this time that we're sharing on this Pentecost Sunday. May we be a people of both the cross and the flame. May we be a spirit-filled people so that when people experience us, they will be experiencing the presence of the living Christ. God, we pray that you'll give us the grace to surrender more of our lives to you. And may we truly invite your spirit to fill us. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.